0: All right, so today I'm going to talk about something which will seem unusual in a podcast, which is really intended to be about the cloud, web assembly, uh, blockchains. It, it, It seems completely unrelated, but I do believe it's actually important and is directly tied to how things are evolving in the technology landscape, particularly because of blockchains. And so this one's entitled, what is the right model of humanity? Which sounds totally woo-woo and not seemingly relevant, but I actually do think it is. I think any uh, creator, technologist, entrepreneur, uh, employee um, should actually start looking at the products and the companies that they use and see if they have a clear point of view of humanity. And one that's not like, marketing speak one that's not like defined with fluff, but that hits the truth test. And so uh, I'm going to talk about why I believe that many companies, especially the bigger ones, um, really uh, their point of view of humanity matters. So I'm going to talk about that first. And so most companies, big or small, especially, you know, technology companies, at some point they have to define their persona what is their customer what are their dreams desires habits uh, what do they crave to do and if you think about that, that's that's totally reasonable and being able to know and understand that persona in depth is key to making great products i i think in most cases however when you marry that with you know impatient shareholders and global scale the concept of the persona actually represents an impact on humanity. If you are at scale, however you've conceived of the persona um, ultimately will impact society in the image, based on the image you have um, drawn from this persona. So what are some examples? So I'm gonna start with what I think is the, the best example but it's also the greatest exception, which is Steve Jobs at Apple and in several cases in interviews, he's referred to humans as artists. And he conceived of the computer as like the bicycle of the mind to unleash people's creativities. And I really do believe he believed that and uh, you know, built the product at scale and in many cases, the reason why it's so beloved and the reality of what they did was in fact to uh, 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 advance uh, the artistic, creative sides of people uh, across all kinds of industries globally um, at scale. And so they really did have a model of humanity as artists and through their scale, they actually nudged the world in that direction. Now let's take another company at scale, which is Amazon, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, often talks about the customer, and, and, and which is also really important. Uh, Concept as a persona, but I think he saw the customer more as the consumer. So his view of the persona is someone who buys. They want to buy, and they probably understood, well, they want to buy things that are as cheap as possible. They want to have the biggest selection. They want to have as much convenience. So he really came up with what's the model of humanity as a consumer. And so once they hit scale, they really start tapping in and amplifying almost aggravating the notion of people as consumers, to buy more, because with shareholder pressures, they need to get people to buy more, to buy more often. And then a lot of things result from that sort of mentality around humans. Uber has the gig gig worker view of humanity. And so the seemingly aspirational view is humans get to um, have freedom as the gig worker. But but think again, and um, the pressure of shareholder value. When shareholders are very demanding, that gig worker concept really more reality becomes. You know, drive as much cost, drive as much efficiency. Treat them as interchangeable, and then once you have that persona built out as the gig worker, it's not far off to imagine automating them out because it's deep persona depersonalize them as a view of humanity at scale another example could be facebook and in a lot of the marketing material and the mission statements you know facebook is about connecting people it's about building communities which sounds super great that sounds like a really great vision for humanity but then you have to look at the business model under the pressure of shareholder value and it's ad-driven And so they have to grow, they have to grow fast, they have to maintain earnings. And so this reductive model really is humanity are eyeballs for advertisers. Now, if you imagine and you reduce humanity as eyeballs for advertisers um, against their business model, then you start to see, well, violation of privacy is not a big deal because a human is just an eyeball for an advertiser. And amplification of divisive content is more permissible and acceptable and maybe almost logical uh, when their model of humanity is advertisers. Now, the reason why I believe it's so important, let's use this last one as an example, is they tap into that model in order to grow, but because of scale, they end up reinforcing those sets of behaviors. Humans have all kinds of models and structures, um, incentives um, for humanity. But what incentivizes and what encourages it at scale is what's going to shape society. So whoever has the dominant view of humanity is in fact going to shape humanity because it's in their interest to do so. Uh, so I think it's actually an important concept to think about, even if you're not gonna be at that great scale. Now, uh, I do want to sort of you know, highlight, I, I realize that Apple is a bit of an exception. So how did they stand the pressures of shareholder value? And, and, and why would I think that they, they, they wouldn't have been able to succeed? And that's because I think in general, Uh, If you imagine a scale of the base human nature on the left and the most idealist um, aspirational behavior on the right and you're on the spectrum, the further you go to the left, more base, The typically the larger TAM, the more people are like that, the lowest the common denominator, right? So if you, for example, uh, your persona is people are, are greedy and have a short-term horizon and you build your products and your messaging around, you're probably going to have way more people than building around people are generous and love to donate and are self-sacrificial. You, you just will have fewer people or you do what Apple did. But, but Apple faced a very hard challenge, I think, in having this idealized concept of humanity. What they did was, in order to still meet the shareholder demands for growth, so they're not selling advertising. They're very privacy-centric, so that's still fitting with the need of the artist, but they sold the dream through advertising and branding and UX design that humans are the artists. So I think what they did was, was incredibly hard to do, but it shows the positive example of having this kind of view of humanity and still meeting the shareholder challenge. So most people aren't artists, and most people aren't that creative, but they still have to sell a lot of product. And they realized most people are consumers. But they tapped into the latent belief that they had that people are creative, people are artistic. And I think that they really were able to do that in terms of the types of tools and the user experience and just the, the aspiration. Many people probably buy it and they're just consumers, never doing anything artistic in their life. But the aesthetic and the vision and... And the messaging are around and it's tapping into a view of humanity. And I think at scale, as a result, they've added a layer of artistry at, around the world and society that most you sort of more utilitarian or consumer-oriented technologies have not. And, and that's really amazing. And it's sort of a rare thing. But I think it's it's a model for everybody to consider. So... Not all businesses that are super successful have such a clear um, model of humanity, and a big packet of those are sort of utilitarian infrastructure businesses. So think about AWS, Intel, or Microsoft's you know operating systems or database tools. Th- those don't have to have this base level of reaching at the human instinct to also be a huge success. And in many ways, their personas were uh, business people making decisions, uh, developers on what's effective for their tools, Um, maybe people who are part of a uh, system that needed to make decisions within an ecosystem, such as systems integrators, for example. And so their their personas had more uh, business, utilitarian, they could... Conceive of people as really just um, either you know saving time or um, advancing their career um, as say a developer or someone who's licensed and um, certified in their technologies or somebody who wants to start a business or somebody who's maybe got the hardware business and they need to find a way to grow. Uh, So so those plumbing businesses have a more utilitarian. So they don't really have the same on the surface impact. Um, in terms of the effect on society and humanity. However, I would still say being utilitarian and maybe not appealing to people's base nature, but also not creating an aspirational nature, is very neutral. And that in itself is a statement. And so it does shape uh, society. It seems maybe not necessarily bad, but not necessarily good. And I think that that's probably been the case in, in, in general until maybe they get... Uh, Far too big and they start uh, not thinking about uh, their impact on humanity via their 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 products as A side note. I think much of the dystopian visions about technology derives from this inherently sort of neutral uh, machine to machine um, um, view of humanity Um, in which case infrastructure becomes embedded more and more throughout society. And then some um, adverse behavior by machines uh, or a handful of evil technocrats take over. But, you know, these these things don't really, um, these are very dystopian. I don't think those are things that we are seeing uh, play out today. But I think that being neutral is still a point of view. So I would say that uh, Web3 and blockchain now begin to open this up to start to encourage people, particularly um, entrepreneurs or people working in the space, to think and clarify and articulate their model of humanity. And I'll start with, with with Bitcoin as an example. So Bitcoin didn't live at the application layer in the way that, say, Uber or Facebook or um, Tinder might be. Um, it really is like plumbing it's it's infrastructure with a specific purpose of you know essentially digital digital store value Um, and as a result it created like the first globally adopted blockchain and it it had a lot of advances by securing things with um cryptography so it certainly fits within the utilitarian plumbing model of of aws or intel Um, but but i believe that the inventor uh, satoshi nakamoto also had a view of humanity, which which informed much of his design principles. I think I'm guessing, but just from some of the writings and people talking about that, he had a view of society after the results of the uh, financial crisis, and, and had a different view of humanity and said, "Well, I, I think there's something different." So had this opinionated view. So I I, I think. You know, this is coming more to the forefront of, well, what is the model of humanity embedded within these technologies as they scale out or as they're seeded and have the potential to scale out? You know, many of these societal concerns have come to the forefront now um, as Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Twitter at at scale have sort of, you know... um, Introduce some some breakage, some conflicts uh, within within society, and so I am I, proposing that you know hearing framing what is the model of um, humanity as part of the consideration within the design considerations of businesses is actually very helpful, and um, it is sort of being opened up as perhaps more common for Web3 and in, in, in blockchains. And I think leaders and entrepreneurs or employees or investors who kind of like have that concept in their head will, will find a, a more ready uh, design space here uh, in Web3 and in blockchain than they might have found in the past. And so what I'm going to do is talk about um, the model that I'm proposing that's designed Uh, for Sonship and do it by contrasting that with a more generalized concept of how I think um, many technologies have evolved which is called serfdom. So um, thanks for sticking with me on this. I think this is sort of an unusual topic for technology but I I think it's not one that we should ignore. I think it's actually something that I'm very open to advancing and, and tweaking that um, technologies either have very like base, uh, typically base level opinions of what humanity can look like. They're greedy, they're lustful, they're lazy. Um, and and that's how they often end up, you know, scaling. And, and I think now's the time to like rethink this. And see, is there a way we can break out of the trade-off of well, if I have a positive aspirational view of humans, it's going to break my business model. It's just, it's, it's the TAM's going to be too small, and it's too hard to do. And try to find ways to like rethink and advance together uh, what a view of humanity is baked into the the actual business model or the products or the technologies from the get-go.